Hi, welcome to the inaugural episode of LGBTQ Horror Story, where I and a special guest dissect the ills of the most sickening community there is. I'm your host, Sam Hutchins, and I'm so excited for today's topics. I will be joined by our very special guest, my best friend, Beck Cahoe. She is currently an aeronautic engineer student at Murray State University, 19, and a fellow member of our community. It is my hope she can give an outside perspective of gay male behavior and how we might address it. Today we will be deep diving into a topic I know a little bit of, a little bit about being it is part of my identity, a gay man, particularly what makes a gay man the weakest link per se of the gay community. Beck and I will be detailing the monosexism, misogyny, and transphobia many gay men harbor. I want to touch on these topics today because there is an issue where gay men slip into a superiority mind pl- mindset within queer spaces. Many gay men, especially cis white gay men, see themselves as close to heteronormative as possible. Whether this is subconscious or consciously, it is an issue all gay men should identify within themselves and address. So we don't, pers- so we don't persecute or bully other people in the community that lack a space in mainstream society, just as we gay men do. So before we get into this week's discussion, Beck and I are going to dive into some current events happening concerning queer folk. So to kick off our hot topics, we're going to talk about the super straight movement that came into the mainstream in early to mid-March. Um, essentially, this movement is posed as a way for straight men who supposedly are only attracted to biological and gender identifying women for them to become a member of the queer community, claiming that it is a sexuality when this ploy is a very obvious transphobic um, crusade that is being sold as a preference when it's very much the opposite. Um, this group is not an orga- is not very organized, and because of this, people are taking this transphobia into many directions. While some may take part in this identity for a meme or incredibly distasteful joke, this hatred is potentially rooted in white supremacist 4chan groups. Uh, the official colors of this identity are, ironically, black and orange. Um, some people have made a pride flag with black on one side and orange on the other with the symbol for men and women being connected horizontally in the middle. Others, however, have created flags, uh, the left half being black, the other orange, with two Nazi lightning bolts in the center. Um, This has made it clear that it isn't just a little fun joke, but what appears to be a movement of deep-seated hatred for trans people in this country. Um, So, Beck, do you have any opinions of this? Yeah, I'll just say that it's disgusting and incredibly exclusive of trans people and just seems to only identify the binary people. And, (laughs) yeah. While this is a very concerning issue, many people on TikTok took note that the colors of the so-called straight, uh, super straight movement is in fact the same colors as Grindr, 
which most of you know is a popular gay dating app. So a little bit of irony there. Um, and we'll probably talk about Grindr later in the discussion. But there isn't necessarily a straightforward solution to fixing the blatant transphobia of this movement, but hopefully queer work of striving to build a community that is accepting of trans and non-binary people will create a country that accepts people of all gender identities and stops the blatant homophobia of movements such as the super straight people. So for our second um, topic, we'll be talking about a TikTok star and his claim that he rocks the look of Marsha P. Johnson. In a lighter note, but still serious news, it has been a trend recently for straight cis men to dress in gender bending, which is inherently queer, fashion as an expression of their femininity and masculinity. Uh, in particular, in early March, a TikTok by the name of Philbin Cooper was criticized for bringing full attention to the fact that he was embracing his femininity, yet always he would bring up the fact that he has a girlfriend and is straight after the fact that he brought up his feminine style. And people were upset because he was taking part in queer fashion, yet couldn't take a note from queer people that it, his so-called feminine, embracing his femininity is not him being a trendsetter and that all the trends that he was using were trailblazed by other queer people who were oppressed for their fashion and their style and their expression of their gender identity. Um, for me, I watched pretty much all of his response videos um, where he did two or three, where he was playing the fragile male victim card and couldn't accept the constructive criticism that was being given to him very politely. Um, on his fourth response video, he finally caved somewhat and gave a little bit of credit, but then he said his fashion was inspired by, I quote, a queer trans woman of color, Marsha P. Johnson. Meanwhile, he is just wearing a pearl necklace, a button-up t-shirt, and some hand jewelry, some rings, and nail polish. I'm not dogging his style because I'm happy he feels good expressing himself in the way he is, but to say your quote-unquote style is inspired by Marsha P. Johnson was a stretch and a big reach to try and damage control the situation. Um, now a bunch of people, a uh, bunch of queer people on TikTok are duetting his regular videos and saying he threw the first brick, photoshopping Stonewall pictures with his face, or just saying, is it just me or does he give off major Marsha P. Johnson vibes? So, uh, Brooklyn, what do you think? Yeah, I thought the entire situation funny yet serious and that it did call into people's minds, you know what I'm saying, a, a larger issue of, you know what I'm saying, straight men kind of taking what they want from the queer community and not dealing with any of the consequences or judgment against it. But just to disagree with you, Bill Weber, like, who, who are you to say that his necklace, button-up t-shirt and rings, whatever, is, like, not enough femininity whoever like everyone everyone expresses gender in their own way they don't have to wear a dress to fit the your standards but i i totally understand what you're saying about not not taking the note i mean it, it very you just searched up queer fashion icon it's name that popped up doing no research he just dropped it for brownie points but whatever <laughs> yeah exactly 
So on that note, it's about time to get into the nitty gritty of today's conversation. And we're going to start our interview with our special guest, Beck. So I brought Brooke, or Beck on today, not only because she is my best friend and confidant, but she is also a member of our community and can offer a perspective uh, of gay men, not only as a woman, but as a lens of another member of our community. So Beck, do you want to give a few words about yourself? Yes. So I do identify as a queer woman. I, you know, saying I don't feel the need to label any more specific than that. And I'm also involved in, I'm saying several queer organizations throughout high school and also moving into college. So. All right. Thank you for sharing. Um, so I'm hoping she can share, as I said, uh, share her experiences with gay men and offer an opinion that can help gay men like myself turn a mirror inward and think about the oppressive systems that we may be perpetuating by our actions and beliefs. Okay, so now let's get into some of the questions. Um, starting off, I'd like to um, ask you, how have you seen misogyny um, within gay male groups or just gay men in general where they may talk mm, offensively and just use misogynistic language. For sure. Um, I think there is a large part of the gay male community that you know, views the self as some type of superior because what's, what is more sexist or misogynistic than just not being attracted to women, like taking it a step beyond um, but definitely the language you used about hating, hating vaginas and just you viewing them as this like disgusting lesser part of like, that was like my past, like, uh, I think it just generates a, a, honestly, a culture of elitism where the ultimate boys club, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no women involvement whatsoever and like although these in oppressed community it's like it's a situation where born however they are still raised in the same society where they couldn't escape the culture we're brought up in to hate women so but it just like takes it to the extreme that they make it very obvious that they're in no way attracted to women and could never be so, I don't know. Right, yeah. Um, for me, yeah, I've really just recently t tried to be more aware of saying words like, quote unquote, bitch, pussy, stuff of that nature. Because even though we are friends and you and I feel comfortable saying that to each other, uh, just because I spend more time with women does not mean I am a woman. It does not mean I can say these words without taking away the harmful past they've been used to oppress women and keep them at a subpar level within society. So moving on from our topic of misogyny, 
I'd like to dive into a little bit of biphobia or monosexism within the gay, or which I see within gay men. Um, biphobia and monosexism is just what biphobia implies, which is the microaggressions or hatred of people who aren't attracted to one and only one sex. So this can be applied to pan people or not only just bi people. But um, yeah, so essentially for me, I have this interview that I know other gay men do where we may grow up in a um, household that is largely Christian or shameful towards people of the LGBTQ community. So in our heads, we may come out as bi so that we toy with the idea of, okay, well, I like men, but at the end of the day, I can just suck it up and marry a woman so that I don't disappoint my family and I don't get um, just disowned. And this can translate into a lot of biphobia in the in queer spaces um, on the part of gay men as we are just like, oh, they're just on the stepping stone to becoming full gay. And it kind of dismisses a lot of the, um, the goings of bi people and pan people and people who are non, um, one gender exclusive. Um, so Brooklyn, do you have any, or Beck, do you have anything to add on that? Uh, yeah, just that even as a non gay man, I think that definitely spans across the queer community, but definitely to not maybe such the toxic extent that I've like experienced it um, with <laughs> gay men, um, not you specifically, but <laughs> um, I definitely have witnessed that from outsiders, not just in the queer community, but you'd say people, including even my own mom, you'd say telling me that, t- telling me my sexuality, whatever, that, eventually I'll come out as lesbian whatever. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's incredibly exclusive and it's like people just, I think they want to confine you to a box. And if you are only attracted to one gender, then they, they know what to expect. And unfortunately that's just not how society has evolved to. And that's not how it should evolve to. So. Right. Right. So moving on from the topic of biphobia and monosexism, we're going to talk a little bit about Grindr, the gay male dating app, um, and how some gay men use uh, the idea of preferences to be just racist, homophobic, um, body shame to body shame people, and to just express their fetishes, but in a way that they think it's okay. Um, so from my experience, I know that um, gay men will say stuff in their bios like uh, mask for mask. So feminine people are not to hit them up because they um, are feminine. And some people may say uh, uh, only attracted to black people when they're white or I'm only attracted to white people when they're white. And while they say it's a preference, it really just comes down to their um, – racist motives. Um, The whole idea of preference is that 
at the end of the day, while you prefer one thing over another, you will still take the second option if if it comes down to it. So to say someone is not attracted to any non-feminine people or um, they're only attracted to masculine people, it's just a lot of hatred in those sentiments. Um, Beck, what do you have to say on the issue? Yeah, um, I think that's definitely an important thing to bring up that is very much centric to the gay male community that personally as a queer woman I definitely do not see see as much on you say my own experiences of dating apps and from switching from insane viewing all people to viewing just women recently um, even then there's like cut down on the preferences that are preferences quote unquote whatever that are definitely just trying to be passed off. Um, as I'm saying a preference, (laughs) even though um, they're definitely rooted in some, some deeply hateful um, belief. Right. Exactly. Certain physical people. Exactly. Um, So I think that is the end of our Q and a portion Um, We're going to move into our closing thoughts. Okay, so now we're going to conclude our um, podcast for the week. Um, So for this episode, essentially, I just wanted... um, to let everyone know that even though I know the queer community at large is an oppressed group, there are groups within our community that still has problematic problematic views and problematic uh, beliefs and actions that they take part in, and that people aren't free from an oppressive ideology just because they are an oppressed person within that group. So for gay people... Um, just the whole mask for mask thing, for example, um, it comes from the idea of men having to be masculine because of what society has forced on them. When and then people with that ideal um, internalize, um, making others feel lesser than for being okay expressing a quote unquote more feminine um, I, uh, personality. Um, In addition, I wanted to make it clear that gay men um, in particular, uh, myself included, are not free from fault just because they are gay and are capable of being misogynistic, transphobic, and racist. Um, As a queer community of oppressed individuals, it is not our responsibility to be as proactive, it it is our responsibility, I'm sorry, to be as proactive as possible when it comes to our behavior so that we do not perpetuate the hate that is spewed at us from essentially all directions and sometimes within our own community. Um, We must use the privilege that we do possess, what little privilege we possess within our communities um, so that one day all of us can experience true equity with other cis straight people. Um, So I hope going forward from this chat between Beck and I, 
um, can help you take a hard look in the mirror to see if you are contributing to societal structures um, aforementioned in this podcast that harm our siblings um, and friends in the community and actually want to change and to act to change the behavior that you may be perpetuating. Um, Beck, do you have any um, additional comments? Yeah, so I'll just say um, I'm glad that you kind of dropped the buzzword of privilege because um, we can go back and touch on that, the fact that um, especially white gay males, you know what I'm saying, do seem to be, you know what I'm saying, in their own mindset at the apex of society or apex of the um, queer community. Um, you know what I'm saying, mostly essentially just because they they are, you know I'm saying, completely excluded from women and boy, do they let you know it. <laughs> um, and just that, I mean, like I said before, what is more sexist than not being attracted to women at all, you know what I'm saying? But just as a kind of call to action <laughs> from this conversation, just like all all gay men, all queer folk, all straight by like literally people um don't be misogynistic don't be transphobic don't be racist like i don't know just be be a good person it's really not that hard i don't know exactly um and just to like build on that um yeah as white white cis straight men are they are privileged to be even in our community because even though they have that title of uh, gay. Um, I think you said straight men. Oh, pardon me. Yeah. <laughs> even though they have that identity as gay, it doesn't just wash away all of their preconceived notions. And it comes down to, uh, are you racist? Just because you say, um, saying things like no fats, no femmes, no... Um, no blacks, things like that is so problematic and is really just, at the end of the day, it's just um, racism and just internalized homophobia that and that you're spewing out and it's just not okay. Um, so as we conclude this episode, episode be sure to follow Beck at, um, what's your um, Instagram? It is Beckalicious8. Okay. And in the following weeks, we'll be uh, following, in the following weeks, we'll be following more topics surrounding and involving our community, whether it be taking a critical look at members' behavior or society's behavior toward us and how we can work toward a better world and community. Um, Join us next week where we will be talking about queer allies versus queer accomplices and which are you? So thank you for joining us. And this has been uh, LGBTQ Horror Story. Bye.